Oh, that's way better. Okay. You can hear me? Yep. I can One, hear, two, three. Can you hear me? I All fucking right. hate the sound of my own voice. Can you hear me? I can, that's way better. Hey everyone, welcome back to It's A Lot with Abby Chatfield. And today I have a very special guest, someone that heaps of you have asked me to get on. That's Brooke Blurton. Yay! Yay! <laughs> She's here. Hi, Abby. How are you, babe? Good. Um, Brooke was in Sydney while well, I've been in Sydney and I was like, come and do a podcast. Uh, so I posted on my Instagram some questions you guys want to ask her and we're going to ask them. But first of all, Brooke, what's been a lot lately, babes? Quite a lot. It's been a lot. Mm-hmm. This whole, you know, what? it's been a lot meeting you. As I know, in like too much. no. <laughs> no, lot. I mean like that's why we're on opposite the... sides of the studio because she's like, I just need some space from the aura, the chaotic aura. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, no, it's just I was so excited to meet you because I feel like I've already known you, and I'm sure everyone feels like that. But, but we've like Facetimed and stuff. We have, and yeah, have like two-hour phone calls. Yeah, and I'm about to call like. you out on this podcast, bitch. Okay, because so like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you out. Two hundred and what? How many followers does she have? Two hundred forty-seven thousand followers. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are about to hear this first. It's coming from hot off the press from Brooke Blurton, which I, the most controversial batch person, probably oh God, on air after, confrontation. After I'm after me. I'm so controversial. Uh, I've asked Abby out on a date twice and she's not politely declined nor accepted. Okay, I said yes, babe. When you asked me on a date, I said yes. But at the time, there was something called coronavirus happening and I couldn't go to fucking Western Australia. You live in Perth. Just to clarify, it isn't like we live in the same city and she's like, why don't you hang out with me? You live in Perth. WA has been closed for approximately 14 million years since dinosaurs <laughs> roamed the earth. That Look, I'm, being not, closed. I'm not going to disagree. I, yeah, I agree. What yeah. did you want to do? Like a FaceTime date? Yeah. Well, you know, oh, I did the same dude. with bloody G-Flip and she did the same with me. So I'm like, far out. <laughs> she Actually, G-Flip, I'm going to now turn and expose G-Flip. Is <laughs> <laughs> it she? Yeah, I didn't even know G-Flip was. They it's got, absolutely a she. Okay, so she. She's hot. She, is she hot? I, I I think she's hot. So she's I, my Valentine, you know. I know like who she is, but not like who she is. Like I know the name, but I don't, I don't know anything about anyone except for myself because I'm a narcissist. But so wait, so you asked Jesus on a date, and she's. Oh my <laughs> Do you want god. to hear the actual story? So oh my god, yes, she's so hot. Yeah. I know, Abby, you better not cut my grass, I swear to God. I'm so sorry that I didn't know who you were for a moment, but I, now I know. So you asked me on two dates, but to be fair... Mm. You didn't think I was being serious. I thought you were joking at first. You I thought it was a big joke. You did, and I was like, oh, I, I, this is my issue, okay, right? Because it's it's like, assume she's straighty 180 until otherwise. That's oh, how I feel. It's like, because I'm very, I would be classified as a femme, if mm-hmm. that's what you want to say, mm-hmm. because I dress quite girly and... You know, I'm not – well, you know, why do people stereotype lesbians to be, like, quite butchy and tattoos and wear guys' clothes? Like, mm-hmm. that's not typically – like, in my in the lesbian community that's in Perth, it's very, very small. I can say, like, 80% of them aren't that typical stereotype. Mm. Like, most of them look very girly, yeah. right? like me. Um, yeah, so you assume girls are straight unless – Well, that's how it happens to me. But, like, I, I have a very good – so you think you know oh, I could gay pick person it straight away. Australia, yeah. But I'm so, I've been in Bondi for the last five days now. And I said to Katie, my friend, <laughs> I was in like, the bubble. Pretty much. Where are all 
the gay girls. Like, I have not looked at one since being here. Really? Absolutely. There is none. I can tell you now. Or I'm, I'm doing a call out, guys. If you're gay, gay in girls, Bondi. Bondi. <laughs> QT. Meet us Meet us outside North Bondi Fish at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. We will be there. I won't, but Ready I'm in Melbourne. So. Oh, my God. Okay. The thing is, I'm going to say something. Elise, this could be the most sexist thing I ever say. Thank you so much for the warning. <laughs> no, men as friends have little to no value to me. Yeah. Sorry. Unless they're gay or bi or trans. It has to. We have to have some sort of... Something going on. Straight men, I mean, I can't name one that's just a friend that I also don't sleep with, right? But women, when I like them as friends, they mean the world to me. So I get nervous going on dates with my friends because I'm like, I don't want and like I don't want to like be weird. Yeah, yeah. I can get where you're coming from. I mean, also yeah, I'm like yeah. a baby bye. <laughs> I haven't had like a date with a girl, but I just sleep thing? with them. Is, yeah. that, is there a scale? Like yeah. a baby advanced? <laughs> Intermediate, <laughs> novice. Well, I must be like elder. <laughs> Literally, like I'm coaching the young girls that like, come through footy and I'm like, guys, I got you. I'm going to protect you. <laughs> Watching them come, like basically come through strain and like transition to baby buys to then. And you're the knows. elder, the guy yeah, I'm, through I'm the novice. beautiful transition. I love that. We yeah. can go on a date. I mean, I still feel nervous about going on dates with girls though. It's it's fine. Like, you know, I, I can take, uh, like, I know my strengths and weaknesses and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is a line where I just need to draw and be like, okay, Abby's not into it. No, I am. I think you're gorgeous and I love you and you're so smart and cool. But I also just feel like I, like... I just get nervous. My nipples are hard. I'm nervous. Like, I'm like... Guys, she's definitely, like, what do you call it when you're... Deflecting? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She's like... I'm not, babe. Honestly, I mean, we can see if things develop organically. Also, you have other people that you're dating. This is clearly... It's it's me. It's not you. Babe. (laughs) Babe. I'm nervous I'm now. Should we cancel no, the podcast? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's I fine. Take it. Yes, I do have an influx of dates happening. It's it's wild. It's a lot. Why do you have so many dates? And now I'm jealous. See, now I'm like, why aren't I involved in date roster? So I shut myself off for a while because I was classically going back to my ex and that was a bit of a complex situation. Mm. Not a lot of people know the complexities to it, but that was, man, it was dragged out all of basically last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to go down a little bit. Um, so it was so it was dragged out all of last year. Uh, Most of it, yeah. And, and then now finally you're like emotionally available again, you feel. Or yeah. no? No, I guess like not. I don't want to commit to something serious for a while. So I have been going on these like really quite just loose dates, if you want to call them. Um, Loose dates? Well, like loose. Doing what? As in people that I know that aren't going to commit, you know? Right. Just a bit of fun, something to do. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Like entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do friends of friends. But I've had the worst run. Like I've been ghosted twice. I have a friggin' great story for you once when I woke up at a penthouse with him and his family and it was his dad's 80th birthday oh, and also 80th <laughs> wait his <laughs> dad looks really really good for his is he hot the dad or the the dad the, son? <laughs> the dad the dad looked so good for 80 
Like, so good for 80. Like, daddy energy. Like... Is he single? <laughs> no. I was there, Sydney. It's a very long story. That's another podcast that we need to do. Um, but that was a bit of a weird relationship. I found myself in a relationship, like, overnight. Mm. That was weird. We yeah. The whole fam, and then all of a sudden we're, like, doing date things. Too and much. that was too much. Um, and then... Yeah, I thought I found myself a unicorn. This is a unicorn is referred to like someone that ticks a lot of boxes mm-hmm. for me, and I have a lot. I have a long list. Do you want to hear it? No. Yeah, I do want to hear. What are your like main ones? <laughs> oh, emotional intelligence is like the one. Yeah. Like if also I do like someone with a bit of culture, like a little bit of hasn't grown up to. I don't know how to say it. Like, maybe too privileged? It's like a struggle of some sort because it builds character. Yeah, or, like, knows what it's like or has those abilities to, like, be able to take care of people, like, compassionate, empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, the stereotypical mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, my go-to. Girl and guy. Like, you know, I'm non-discriminative, so whatever. But I feel like, yeah, the guys that have dated recently have just been so horrific. Just Give us your worst. Um, so when I was trying to break up with a guy and was basically like, this is not working, it's not compatible, he starts going on about his, you know, he's, he's gone through this with his ex-girlfriend, his family and friends were telling him that he should have got on one knee. This is what he's telling you. me in the, on the phone. On ex-girlfriend. This is what he's telling me on the phone whilst I'm trying to like, hey, this is not working. He's like kind of trying to hurt me because I was hurting him, like if that makes sense. Ew. Just really like toxic, horrible... Well, speaking of dating, there's a lot of calls for you to be bachelorette, which (laughs) I endorse. I comment on every post being like, Brooke or Paulini. I'm sorry, Paulini's in the running now as well. Paulini's my other girl that I want on there because I love her. Love you too, though. Wait, who's Paulini? Sorry. Babe, Paulini from fucking Australian Idol 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm picturing her face. Yes. Okay. Paulini. Gold dress. Yeah. She was on I'm a Sleep With Me. That's why she's my new contender because I love her. Because yep. she's single and they've been in love and she's 30-something. Wow. Okay. And she's amazing. But you're the other contender. And this has been this has been like spoken about since your season of Bachelor. Now, would you do it? Six months ago, I would have said no. Mm. I would have been like, no. Nah, if nah, Mr. Channel 10 came over and was like, I want you to be <laughs> a Bachelorette. It's always been something that the media have written about and made assumptions that, you know, and... There was some conversations being had, but nothing has been offered. Unless it's like being offered and put in front of me and being like, hey, we want you to do this, then yes. But I'm not going to like direct and, you know, my whole life around something that could never really happen. But absolutely. Like yeah. right now, yes. Come on, hit me. <laughs> come on. I was, say, I was about to say the producer's name. I was about to say, come on, and then enter producer's name here. Um. I think the thing is as well with you, Bachelorette, the reason why I want you to do it, A, is because you're amazing and funny and smart and great and beautiful and wow. B, you're an ex-Bachelor Keep girl. Going. It makes sense. I know. <laughs> ex-Bachelor girl, it makes sense. You know you know what will happen. I think that's really important um, if you're the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. I think it kind of can mess with people if they don't know what the environment is. I mean, being contestant is hard enough. Yeah. But I think absolutely. being the person is much, much, much Harder in the end because you don't have anyone to like well, that's gone through the same thing I you've gone through. Better in power, like in, in those roles where I have the choice of what I want. Mm. And how I generally see it, hypothetically, is that because I like men and women, that if I was the bachelorette, that it would be so 
it'd be run so differently. And I don't know. I did a podcast with Maddie J and I said, I don't know if Australia is ready for that. And I want yeah. them to be. I want them to be. But I just don't know how these big networks would take that risk. Like, you know, with Bisexual. something. Yeah. I see it as like bringing in the guys, bringing all the girls as intruders or vice versa, however you want to do it. But I would not say yes unless it was both genders. Yeah. But I'm just wondering how they would actually make that work because in the mansion, then would the girls not just fall in love with each other? Like, I'd be scared if I was bachelorette, if it was bi, I'd walk in, there'd be an orgy happening in a cocktail party and I'd be like... Guys, I'm here, I've not. arrived, and then I would get, and then I get to finale. It'd be a different rock, and I get rejected. So I'd be like, I can't do this, and I'm like, I've fallen three months in of my with- life. Yeah. yeah, and that's happened, right? Plenty yeah. of times on different um, other international bachelor and bachelorettes. It, it happened was a Japanese one, or yeah. Yeah, the, and they, they were like, I'm in love with another girl here. And it was so beautiful. But then you feel then like, but if I was patched for it, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just me at the pub on a Wednesday. This is not really what I signed up for. Well, like, cast getting rejected girls, every week. Cast girls and guys that specifically want to date me. Yeah, true. Like have, I don't know. Like, wow, that sounds, sounds so narcissistic. It is. Like, Keep it like- in, Elise. Keep it in. <laughs> Even in embarrass her, there'll be a headline. Brooke Blurton wants people to only want to date her. Only cars controlling that like me. Mm. That's fair enough. Who are like interested in you specifically that isn't just like, yeah. And I have a type of girl, just FYI. What's your type of girl? Athletic. (laughs) Babe, why do you want to take me on a date? I went to. I went to hot yoga this morning and and I've told everyone. I've told everyone, like everyone, I've. Sorry, hot yoga this morning. I went to one hot yoga. I went into Bondi Beach with with two yoga mats, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> Danny was like, "Babe, like, don't need to bring your yoga mats." <laughs> but I mean, I'm I could dead. get into sport for you if you want me to. I'm so I guess dead. I could wow. learn how to play like hockey or something. Uh, I feel like just dating you might be a bit of a sport, abs. <laughs> <laughs> I but I love ya. Like, love ya. It's I feel like it would be like I'm up for a challenge. You know, I'm quite <laughs> okay. competitive as in like I I would have to you'd keep me on my No, you would keep me on my toes. Oh you'd my be like, God. one minute I want this and then I'm like, Okay, mm. I'll give her that. Mm. And I feel like then mi- one minute you'd be like, Nah I want this instead. Yeah, yeah. What starts funny you? Capricorn. Baby's never gonna work. I know. It's never going to work. I actually had to stop myself from screaming just then. <sighs> Capricorn. Yeah, we- Capricorn men are really bad. Capricorn women love them as friends. But Capric- if you were a Taurus babe, I'd book toddies tomorrow I didn't tomorrow choose night. this life. I know. It's hard. But, you know, it can't change these things. Back to reasons why I think you're amazing bachelorette. Back to me. So, <laughs> you're iconic. You're funny. You're smart. You're gorgeous. You do youth work you are empathetic you have a lot of substance to you so people would genuinely like you that were on the show it wouldn't just be like a thing where they just rock up and they're like oh i want to win because i want to win they would actually like you i think we'd have progressive amazing conversations on the show and also obviously you'd be the first woman of color to be a bachelorette which is crazy Mm. can we just get like something going like no it's New Zealand are leading the game. America have had, like, a few bachelorettes. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know why it's taking us so long. I know. Um, You know, it's the diversity of these networks is growing, but it's it's still not there. But barely. Even contestants. Like, I was talking to my friends uh, last night. We were talking about contestants on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. 
and we were saying how like they'll have them for tokenistic reasons and they'll still go home usually episode three or four. To be fair, I'm not a religious bachelor watch, so I could be wrong. Me? <laughs> Never watched the show. Did watch the show before. Haven't really watched it after. Um, but like there isn't like even like Ariba last year loved her, would die for her. She was like the tokenistic she was meant to be like kind of like I don't know if she's meant to be a villain because I didn't see her as a villain. But why do they cast them as usually as villains? Exactly. Exactly. It's she wasn't we're a legitimate quite strong opinionated. Mm-hmm. Well not yeah, we're like pretty headstrong. Yeah. I think most black women are headstrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from all the black women, like well, from a minority group. But why do they always cast us as villains? Like I'm not afraid to tell you when you're wrong and mm. speak up does mm. that mean I'm a villain like instantly like yeah I mean and I think that's what they do they do and it's an easy stereotype to play into as well where shows like The Bachelor rely on simple stereotypes and boxes to put people into yeah and they're only perpetuating it more mm. by casting in quotation marks obviously we aren't they're cast in a general yeah. sense casting women as villains or as I don't know, like the bitch one or the one who like she like Ariba kept saying she was a boss. And I was like, Yes, yes, Ariba, you're amazing. Like I loved Ariba. And I would like watch the show and get such a different experience in the media or in comments. Because mm. like, I followed she's like the only one that I followed. I was like, I fucking love this bitch. She was yeah. amazing. She was funny. She was smart. She was like, I'm not she was sticking up for herself against um. She was Zoe unapologetic. Claire. She was incredible. Yeah. And then you read all the comments, people are like, You're a fucking bitch. And it's like it just allows them to easily project uh, their view of what they think women of colour yeah. are onto these women. And it's like, it's really disheartening. So yeah, do you think do you think that, I mean, it'd be amazing if you bachelorette as well because then young girls who are Aboriginal yeah. could see someone be like completely, like be the most dateable person in Australia, which seems silly. <laughs> it seems silly to want that. Yeah. But it, it means something, right? Absolutely. Like, I feel like even just uh, Aboriginal representation anywhere. On mainstream TV, it needs to be more. Like, I grew up watching, you know, Ernie Dingo on The Great Outdoors mm-hmm. and being like, there's no women that represent that in the, in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's partly what I aspired to be. Like, you know what I mean? Or, you know, when I was younger, I was like, that would be such a cool job. Um, and now partly I get to kind of be on these networks and, you know, get to do this TV, you know, TV and media and and stuff like that. And that Aboriginal representation is so important because it's shining a light with, with a much more positive view. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aboriginal people haven't really been viewed in the most positive light on Mm -hmm. TV or any network. You know, the stereotypes still exist, the racism still exists. And I think for me, being that person that they kind of look to in some way, they're like, oh, well, this is just a normal, average, Aboriginal girl who's just doing a normal, like, life Mm. job. Like, I just work as a youth worker. You know, obviously I do other stuff as well. But I think that representation is so important for just girls that just aspire to just be successful. Or, like, Mm -hmm. do you get what I'm saying? Like, as in in all the people that I looked up to were so far-fetched. Like, Jessica Malboy. (laughs) I'm not a singer. Yeah, right. (laughs) You know? or And Samantha Harris. I'm not a six-foot model. I'm Mm. five-foot two, goddammit. And I'm not Ernie Dingo. I'm not some middle-aged old man. So, like, it's just, you know, it kind of provides a different um, view of Aboriginal people or just a view of different, a a woman of colour. Just, you know, an average girl. And I say average because, you know, I'm not doing anything 
uh, overly that exciting. I just do my job and, and help young people. Mm. And it's just inspiring young people to... And doing when I did my TED Talk, I spoke about things that I had struggled with and it's the navigating the black world and then it's navigating Western society mm-hmm. in that world. And then I have to navigate... Being also bisexual, if you want to label me in that box, I'm, you know, typically I don't really like to openly say that, Mm. Um, but, you know, you have to put people in boxes all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I have to navigate the social media world, so that's also makes it difficult. Yeah, I want to touch on that in a little bit, but first I want to talk about the, the representation of you as being bisexual on The Bachelor. So this is something that I watched it with my mum and we loved you. We were like, oh, isn't she gorgeous? We were watching that episode <laughs> with my mum because I was living at home at the time and we didn't really watch The Bachelor, but we saw that episode. And I was kind of like, why are they making it out? A, like it's a big secret, like Brooke's confession. Like oh it was God. ridiculous. And then it was kind of played up to be a phase or like you were flippant about it, but that obviously isn't the case. But that's another thing, the the projection people want to be reality. Mm. And do you mind running us through the real, like, because we all know Bachelor is just chop, 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 chop. The yeah. real situation and how you led to that conversation. Oh, my God. That experience taking me back is like PTSD, <laughs> as we all know. Um, no, I think what really happened was there was there wasn't pressure coming from really production. There was actually more pressure coming from girls in the house, particular mm. girls. And um, who? So what happened was that us girls, you know, and you would know this, you know, you'd kind of like off camera, off mic, you you kind of hang out, you chill out, you talk. And a couple of girls, you know, we were sharing stories and I had told them, oh yeah, I've had I've had plenty of girlfriends. And they were like, oh, so you're bisexual. Anyways, that spread like wildfire around the house. And no one cared. Like at the time, no one gave a shit, right? Everyone was just like, cool, no mm. worries, whatevs. And then, you know, they tell the typical story of like, oh, I kissed a girl. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, mate, and this is a little bit more me. serious. Like, like, okay. I was a bit of a U-Haul lesbian. I moved in the next day. So, um, you know what I mean? So, no no one gave a shit. And then all of a sudden, there was this pressure that was coming, you know, little whispers like, oh, um, so-and-so had said that you should tell Nick. And it kept ref- it kept going back to Britt Hockley. Mm. And she, she denied it. And when I went and I confronted her off camera and I asked her, I was like, did you say this? And she denied it. And I was like, it keeps coming from you. And it's not coming from one person. It's coming from a few. And then we obviously did the cocktail party. And I confronted her on camera. And I said, at first, at the start of the conversation. they show this? No. So they they didn't. And I had a couple of wines because I was like, I'm so over this. This is annoying. It's just, it's getting on my nerves, really. Because it's like, it's not a thing. If I want to tell him, I want to tell him. If I don't, I don't. It's not his business. And who like, cares? No, who and cares? Like, well, at the time, it was like 2018. I still feel like there's a time like we don't really care. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even want it to be a thing, not because uh, I'm ashamed of it. That is so far from it. It is like I'm here on a, a show, like, 
dating a bachelor, a, a male, a man. It mm. doesn't really matter. If I break up with him and I get back together with a girl, who cares? Like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, it's inconsequential, yeah. So, um, anyways, she I confronted her about it on camera. It didn't get shown, um, but I said, look, this is annoying. It's making me feel uncomfortable. Mm. Mm. And I confronted her and she got so defensive about it. It was a, it was a pathetic discussion. It was a conversation that I didn't really want to have and mm. we had it. And she... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's because it's. I had a similar thing where Eleanor would try and make me sh- – every time I come back from a date, she'd be like, have you told him? Have you told him? Yes. And at that time, I wasn't even identifying as bi. I told him that I'd slept with girls. Yeah. And I was, like, not really sure. Like, I was 23. I was like, I don't really know what this is. But I just told him that because, we, you know, you have, like, big DNMs yeah. around uh, – pizza night on Saturdays or whatever we used to get. I was the same age as you, so, like... Yeah, it's, yeah, right. It's totally understandable. Like, I get that. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like... I'd be like, oh, I just don't want this to be, like, a TV thing. And I said, I don't want it to be, like, Brooke's thing because I was the, oh, the year right after you. And I was like, I don't want it to be this big thing where it's, like, a reveal because I was like, that's just... To be honest a homophobic storyline. I don't like that idea of like my big reveal. Like I don't think he needs to know when, if he asked me directly, I would tell him if he randomly was like, have you fucked girls? I'd be like, (laughs) yes. Like that would be that conversation. And I also knew Matt well enough to know that he wouldn't care either way. Absolutely. Um, And also about the abortion. The girls yeah. were trying to push me to tell them about that. They were trying any to push dirt me. they can have on you, I feel like that's just something that they will try to. And it's, yeah. but it's it's their issues in thinking that that will make you less appealing as a partner to him. Like, yeah. and that is what upsets me the most is like they were trying to do it to make me. They tried to make me tell him so many things. Like the fact that I was like kind of into open relationships. Like you better tell him. And I'm like, why? Why? He's dating 25 of us. Why do we- he also obviously is as well? Like, what are you talking about? Like, like being bi, why do they think that is a negative thing? And then it, and then like, it makes you anxious. I'm hot. Like, what do you mean? I've like, slept with girls. Like, who cares? Who that cares? Like, damn, that's, that's great. Are you going to give him a list of all the people like, you've slept with? You're going to go, and then I slept with Matt from the Northern Beaches. And then I slept with Nick and he was from Wollongong. Like, is that what we're going to do? Because why do I have to disclose all of my previous partners, my previous relationships, if you don't? Because they're women? Like, it's, yeah. So then the girls, well, Britt Hockley was pressuring you. Yeah. So she was, uh, look, there was like a couple of the girls that I didn't really get along with. And that's typical. And I, I, got, I actually got along with most of the girls in the house. Like mm. I was um, a bit of a floater. I didn't really get too close with everyone. I didn't trust anyone. That's the thing. I went in and I didn't trust anyone. So I was dumb. I trusted everyone. I didn't trust And production. then before yeah. it was too late. And then by the end, I was like, don't talk to anyone. And I was like playing the game by the end being like, don't tell them anything. Don't tell them about anal again. Like, <laughs> be like yeah, you're a whore. And I'd be like, yes. No, you are not. I am, um, babe. That's joyous. Still want to date you. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. So that went down. But, yes, I agree. Why do they make such a big deal? I had, I had so many controversial headlines put to me, right? And it just made me feel... Like, I have zero drama in my life Mm. before this, after this. And they made me have the biggest bombshell, big reveal, um, big secret, all this stuff. And I was like, why does it even matter? How did you feel about the editing? So we've got the backstory of what happened, which is annoying in itself. Yeah. And then how did you feel about the edit? The edit was 
the even more frustrating thing yeah. was because I was trying to talk to him and I was saying that I fit, this is making me feel uncomfortable. The fact that I'm getting kind of pressured into telling you this and talking to you about this because it's not necessary. Like it doesn't need to be a conversation. Yeah. And then we had a, a conversation about, I guess, like, oh, you know, having babies and they just edited it to make me sound like I wasn't happy about the whole conversation in terms because I, I was, like, uncomfortable about being gay or, like, being bisexual mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say. No. <laughs> I was just uncomfortable because I was getting pressure from the girls yeah, to come and didn't forward. Yeah, and you didn't want to talk about it. 100%. And make it a story. Because, you know, also that far in, that was, what, like, top six oh, or something. Close to. Like, maybe, like, top ten-ish, maybe. You can kind of feel what a storyline, which storylines are happening. You know oh, by yeah. interviews. You know by Voxies what they're focusing on. You can... First couple of weeks, you don't really know. But at that time, you know that will be a key storyline. Absolutely. And you're like, I don't want to make my sexuality a storyline. Like, it's not a secret, but it's also not necessary to speak about right now. It Like, I, I don't understand. Why do you understand why? Because um, it was a juicy storyline. Clickbait, yeah, right? Clickbait. And I'm not ashamed. So, you know, like, no. there's certain things that you do and you're like, okay, it's fuck, like, fuck this. I'm just going to have to just bite my tongue and just do it and you know and luckily for me I feel like the whole experience I came out you know quite well like in terms of I I, I was myself and I wasn't ashamed I wasn't I was unapologetic and that's Mm -hmm. what was shown but I just really hated that that edit because it made me seem like oh well no well yeah I've slept with girls I've had relationship with girls I've had four relationships two have been women two being guys Mm -hmm. sorry I remember it (laughs) Um, and I've, well, I've had more relationships with women, but, and then afterwards they made me out that I was saying that I wanted to be with a guy and I would have a baby with a guy making out like, oh, End girls can't is... do IVF or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just, it's, oh, no, it was a, such a long conversation. Yeah. Anyways, a blessing in disguise. Moving on. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> honey badger vibes. How do you feel about the honey badger now? He's just blocked me. That's what I was getting at. (laughs) My face, I just did this to my eyes. I was like, how do you feel about the honey badger now? Wow, it's so weird. Um, Yeah, so we had no communication in the last couple of years and I've loved it because it's been able to like, you know, I've been able to move past that part of my life Mm. and then, you know, I kind of... (laughs) Then my what friend, happened, babe? My Tell friend us. wrote on his Australia Day post being like, Don't, aren't you glad that you dodged a bullet? And then I wrote hashtag oath and he just blocked, blocked me. me. Blocked. See ya. Bye. Cutthroat. Well, because he uploaded a photo in, for those of you who didn't don't follow the honey badger, and I wouldn't be surprised if no one listening to this follows the honey badger. He uploaded like in like an Australia Day, like an Australian flag sarong or something. It was like celebrating this amazing country or something like that. And it's like, babe, read the room. It totally disregarded like what we were like, you know, what the whole change their day campaign. But we don't even want to change it. We just want to abolish it. Just yeah. Get rid of it. See you later. See ya. Bye. See ya. It's Twenty. It's it was. Brought into 1994, I was born 95, so it's 27 years. Like, who mm. cares? Yeah. Get rid of it. Um, actually, just quick tangent, which is something crazy new for us. Mm. Never do tangents, you and I. How do you feel about the influencers who were posting, like, I've asked this a lot as well in the in the questions, the influencers who were posting, like, Black Squares during Black Lives Matter and then just doing Australia Day party? <laughs> it's fucking embarrassing. Look, there's, uh, this is the whole thing about navigating social media and then also being an, a huge advocate for many things. It's like 
you've got to pick your battles. Yeah. You've got to pick your battles. And I have really with withdrew from calling out people and being a big voice because, one, I'm just mentally exhausted and tired. Like, the last couple of years since the Bouchy, I have not stopped and I haven't had a break. I haven't had, like, you know, <laughs> a mental check-in until recently. So I get exhausted from kind of watching these posts and videos and then people kind of being huge hypocrites and doing the opposite of what they preach, right? Mm. Mm. But you've got to pick your battles and you kind of like, you just shake your head. You're like, what? Okay. What can you do? What, what can you do? Yeah. yeah. And I can call out so many people, you know, and I have these conversations. Don't worry. We have these conversations. We, I have a huge group of people that support me. We support each other in this, you know, na- social media world that we learned to navigate. And, and sometimes people can say, oh, well, silence is a killer. But sometimes we're just so mentally exhausting from, like, explaining Yeah, it's like self-preservation yeah. of not having to do to every single person all the time. It's emotional labour. It's emotional Absolutely. exhaustion. And you'd hit breaking point. Yeah. But the thing is, it allows smaller voices to come through. That's a thing. Like, yes, I have a big voice. I have a huge platform. And I, uh, you know, try to bring up other small businesses and and voices that are coming through and by sharing and all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, it gives them also the the microphone. It hands it over to them and then gives Mm -hmm. them the space to Mm -hmm. to speak up about it. And they can, you know, articulate themselves so bloody well, Mm -hmm. way better than I could. So I'm like, why am I being this you know, pivotal person that has mm. to, like, talk about all these things when there are so many other voices out there totally. and I just shine a light on them and then, you know, we get things moving. But, yeah, these these things, I guess, like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, it, it not trends. Like, fuck people. They're not trends. They're actual movements that have changed people's lives or ruined people's lives in other ways. So, yeah, I think I people like oh be the change like fuck off i'm sorry no <laughs> fucking, fuck off fucking a yeah and i and these are people that i genuinely thought were good people people that i have watched and followed or people that i think have generally good hearts and good intentions um and then they do the opposite you know like i, I can name so many but i'm not going to because that's not my nature <laughs> Don't worry, i did two weeks ago it's all good i've I got you covered babe before you call out um well, I'd like to talk about Honey Badger's on. probably one. Honey Badger, absolutely. <laughs> before, let's go back to what you were saying before uh, about existing in four different worlds. I think that's just an amazing, well, not amazing, but it's, it's such a difficult place to be in. And you mm-hmm. spoke about the other night when we were having margaritas, and my mind was blown because my little drunk mind, I was like, she's so smart. <laughs> she's so smart. Um Amy. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. So smart. Um, baby voice vibes. Not sure why I was doing that. Nervous. Um, but I'm making it awkward, aren't I? I really I have like, this I have this effect on people. Oh my god. <laughs> and I've lowered my chair, so she's now above me. It's quite intimidating. Um Okay, repeat. So back to serious. I have a deep breath, Brooke, for fuck's sake. So you're talking about existing existing in four different worlds and how taxing that can be as well on you. Can you just run me through Yeah, absolutely. That basically. I don't have a question except explain. I think people don't actually realise you know, I'm this five foot 
Well, technically I'm five foot one, but I'm one centimetre or five two. So, you know, I'm just going to give myself an inch. Claim five okay? two. Five two. I'm this small five two girl who, you know, has this platform and a lot of people think, you know, I speak about all these things that I'm really passionate about, which 100% I'm passionate about. I don't speak of things unless, like, I really do believe them. Um, but there's so much background stuff that goes on in my world that people don't realise. You know, I'm navigating uh, being Aboriginal, being First Nations person in this world. So walking in two worlds. So it, they, people refer to it as two worlds, but that's not typically the only world that I walk in. Mm-hmm. You know, being bisexual. I always I feel like when I say that, it's not – it's like um, uncommon – ground when I'm saying I'm bisexual like and no it's not saying that I'm not like not um proud of it I am I just get like I feel like I hate labels I hate yeah. labels I'm yeah. sorry it just makes me feel that that label but yes I I do I'm in part you know I'm a part of the gay community mm-hmm. I support the gay community and then the other world that I work there and then the other world that I've had to learn to navigate is uh, social media. Yeah. So, yeah, and these are the four things that I, man, like you just learn to navigate. I just kind of got chucked into half of them yeah. in some way. Um, I've always been, I think if people have listened to my TED Talk, it's always been like a very confusing state of mind growing up. So when I was younger, I was like, well, I'm not black enough for the black world and then I'm not white enough for the white world. So where, where do I really fit in? Mm-hmm. And then also being knowing that I was different um, in terms of sexuality. I was very open about sexuality. I had probably my first girlfriend when I was in year five. Um, yeah, we kissed under the kindergarten table. So <laughs> Not kindergarten table, but like under a table. But, oh you know, but like, you know, I knew that I was different in that way that I had a very opened mind to sexuality. Plus, I also didn't have parents to navigate the you know, what morals or values that I had. I just was so independent that I became open to everything, like open to meeting new people, open to doing, trying new things. So then when I was like learning about sexuality, I was like, well, this is just a world that I, I love and I like being a part of and I've learned to navigate. Yeah, it's it's difficult. And like, I don't know what the real question was. I've just, I just said been... Explain. Yeah. I didn't give you a question. I said explain. Yeah. Which well, quite rude is... of me. But I just think you're so smart that I can just say explain. But it's kind of like you've been like thrown into this like whirlpool and you're getting pulled in four different directions with no real, like you were saying. All the time. And you don't know which which kind of area to, not pander to, but which area to focus on maybe. Because like, you find that yeah. sometimes like you can't please everyone. Absolutely. And yeah. like do you get exhausted with all the pressures from all the different angles that you feel? Always. Yeah. It's like, it's like. Oh, I'll just focus on being grounded in my culture. Absolutely love it. Yeah, cool. No worries. Love it. And that always grounds me. So I'm always yeah. pulled back to culture, my Aboriginality. Absolutely. That's probably what grounds me in the the chaos. But then, you know, you get moments where you're like, oh, well, she's not gay enough. I'm like, well, oh, fuck. Okay, so I'll you go, do. you know, and then I'm like, okay, well, but I am. Like, yeah. what? And, and you, man, you actually get you question sometimes. And gay enough for what? For what? People questioning you. Well, just like, you know, I'm not flamboyant or I'm not like openly gay and I don't talk about it. I'm a very mm. fucking private person. Like You also spoke about it on a show that rates a million viewers. It's like one of the biggest shows in Australia about being bisexual and then you also did Bachelor in Paradise mm-hmm. and you had a 
same sex. A same sex. We call it a, rela- a fling relationship. Was it a rela- no? It was, like, it was like two episodes. Well, she again. Well, Alex Nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. So for those who don't know, Brooke was on Bachelor in Paradise two years ago, and she and Alex Nation uh like gave each other their roses, right? No, we kissed. You kissed. That we was kissed. it. Kissed. Yep. And then she. Yeah, she was tied between Bill and Alex, and I was tied between Alex and Alex, American Alex. Oh, yeah, American. He's just so fucking hot. Oh, my God, he's grossly hot. He's grossly hot. Um, like, it's, it makes you feel sick and sad. But, you know, I was leaning towards Alex Nation, but then she had the conversation and basically said I'm interested in Bill and I'd like to pursue that. So, again, I got rejected on national television. Oh, babe. Yeah, it's like, it's okay. Like, glad it's on your podcast and not in Patreon Paradise again. So, you know, that was a huge pressure as well, Yeah, right? It's like, I want to kiss this girl. I do. I really do. Uh, But I don't want it to be like a huge kerfuffle about, you know, because obviously my previous experience with the Batchy, that was just so much like, you know, controversy, like as in big secret, big whatever. And yeah. I was like, this is going to be blown up again. It's like a little yep. scar where you're like, I know what how this is played out. I know what happens here. Mm. And then you've got also pressure from the gay community to uphold their values or be gay enough and then to also be black enough and then also to be able to exist in what a Western, Western world. Yeah. And then social media having this uh, expectation of being on social media and having a platform and using a platform for the right things. Yeah. And things you do obviously care about and are passionate about but there'll be times that you would just get so tired and exhausted and we're talking before about you had like a moment in november last year where you just unfollowed everyone rude well (laughs) (laughs) well yeah a lot of people did think it was rude i didn't even notice to be quite frank with you i think we were still dming so i don't think i even noticed you'd unfollowed me no and a lot of people didn't because it's not so November, I... You know what? I was filming Celeb. That's why I didn't notice. Uh, Don't worry. Yeah, I do she, care about you. Guys, she didn't even tell me. <laughs> you breached your contract, babe. Well, I feel like I should know where you are at all times. <laughs> I'm that psycho girlfriend. <laughs> where were you? What were you doing? She didn't even tell us and we were supposed to start making a podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> so one, babe. I, it was illegal. <sighs> I get it. You're illegal. <laughs> Naughty girl. Actually, I'm a good girl. <laughs> um, yeah. So November, I just got, you know what? I just got so exhausted that I just needed a break. And mm. then I had a big birthday party, an early birthday party, because I knew that I was going to be out in a remote community for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Full volunteer experience, didn't get paid for it, literally just went out there and just spent time off my phone, mm-hmm. in the community, working with kids. It's an experience in itself, mm-hmm. but it grounds you so much because mm-hmm. you see the things that matter. Mm-hmm. And I think coming back from that, I was like, these things, why do I think that these things matter? Why do these... <laughs> what things were you thinking mattered before? Like all my followers or people that I was following were just consuming my feed full of products and and like yes I do sponsorships we both do right we're on a common um thing where we we know and we understand but it was just consuming me and I think also I think the pressure of like people dming me all the time asking for my opinions asking me to help them with assignments asking me to um speak about this inviting me to events I was just like I just want to be Brooke I just want to chill I just Mm want to 
basically circulate back to what matters and the core things that I'm passionate about and love. And that's working with kids, Mm -hmm. specifically Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids, and actually helping them live better quality life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I just got way too consumed into this this world, this social media world, or Mm -hmm. like not even that as well, but into a world where... I was seeing other mob, other Aboriginal mob, bring down other Aboriginal mob on social media as well. Like, Mm. there is a big cancel culture, but I just, I got sick of it. I was Mm. like, I'm so sick of seeing this. So, had a two-week break and then came back more refreshed. And yeah, I did unfollow everyone, but I'm slowly following people back. And how did that help your mental health, unfollowing people that were, I guess, white noise and then following people that you want to follow now, including at Abby Chatfield and (laughs) at It's A Lot Pop? Well, you were like one of the very few people that I got back because I actually enjoy watching your content. Do you know what I mean? I am invested in it. Where other people, I'm just like, it's generally like hate follow. And this is what I teach my kids is like, don't follow people that you hate. There, yeah. it's, no, it's unnecessary energy that you're wasting. It yeah. makes you feel like shit. Why do you do it? And yeah. why was I doing it? Like, I've got to practice what I preach and I mm. wasn't. So, yeah, yeah mental health wise, definitely helped. Obviously, I st- you know, still see my therapist and we've, you know, we're, we're still going good. Mm-hmm. So a mixture of all those things, mm-hmm. I'm like the strongest person I've been like That's in a amazing. while. Yeah. So even in regards to hate following, there's also like envy following that I think is just as bad. Like pe- when people ever ask me for like assignments and whatever, like what's your best advice for being more confident? I'm like unfollow anyone that you dislike or you're only following because you think they're hot. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they're amazingly gorgeous girls on Instagram, but like it just makes it makes me just feel shit about myself. So I just unfollow. I went through like a purge after Bachelor, similar thing, but not like you, not full blown purge. But I actually even <laughs> I went down to zero. <laughs> That's so weird. That's so like Kanye West energy from you. It is. Do you know what helps? Getting a private Instagram that your family and friends follow and you follow them back on that because I was missing out on so many things on Instagram just alone, like not even Facebook, Instagram, mm. because because of the numbers of, you know, people that I follow and, mm. and people that, you know, I I missed all that because I hate going sometimes on social media because I, you know, flick through and I'm like, nah, I'm done. Okay, I've spent way too much time on this. So then yeah. I miss all the important parts. So getting a private Instagram for me was actually quite liberating as well. A nice Finsta. I have a Finsta, but it's just me posting like memes and stuff. That's exactly it. Yeah. And like all my friends will, you know, friends and family will get it. Yeah. And like, I don't think my social following would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, you can follow mine if you'd like, Brooke. I'll tell you what it is afterwards. <laughs> What the fuck? Would you mind just not going out with him again? So, usually at the end of the episodes, mm-hmm. I get people to send in their like little voice notes of their like awful sex stories or dating stories or horror stories or just like life being shit. So, what's your what's your go to story? I this is when Tinder first came mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I went on. This was my first Keep ever. Mind, I am a Tinder ambassador, so please do not <laughs> Tinder date. He was shorter than me. And I'm pretty short, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realise because I got there late to the place Mm -hmm. and he was still sitting. He didn't even greet me. He just, like, made me hug him whilst he was sitting down. Wait, while he was sitting down? Yes. He just put his arms up like he was a kid getting a T-shirt Pretty much. And was like, mama. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, okay, hugged him, Mm. sat down having chats. And then we got, like, you know, typical, like, chips and aioli whilst we're having drinks, little nibbles. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, this one little piece of chip just like came flying across. Oh. The table. <laughs> had he laughed, or he I, had said something with lots of peas in it? <laughs> Probably. Yep. Something Probably. he said. I think we were talking about soccer, so I was like so off it. Oh and it landed God. on my cheek, Just and we both saw it, and we both acknowledged. Well, not acknowledged. Could it. you see it? You know how sometimes you can see in it, your peripheral vision. I could a fucking chunk. see it, Abby. Oh it was like here. I can feel it right now. Like I'm getting PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to casually just be like, like oh, babe, I feel sick about. Oh, I know. I wish people could see these visuals, but so I just hard. had to like so casually look at him and just be like, oh. So second date. Fuck no. As soon as he stood up, I was like, wow, this guy is shorter than me. And height is a requirement for you. Well, absolutely. Like, I feel you're so, like... You're very short. I am very short. You're really short. I'm... But it's yeah. not about size, Abby. It's not about size. Big things come in small packages, Tal. It is about whether or not he spits food on your face, though. That I is a like. requirement, I'd feel... And also the fact that, like, if I spat on someone's face, I'd laugh and you'd make it a funny thing, like, holy fuck. But did he just let it... Well, I was so frigid. Like, in that moment, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what do I do? And I was really not going on dates with guys. That was probably my first date guy, guy date right, in ages. Right, right. And my first Tinder date. And I was like... And the thing is, my friend... That's I a didn't even summation of relationships with guys, though. Just, like, going on amazing dates with women and then a guy just doing... Just spitting on your face with a chip and aioli. And then you're off them. You're like, goodbye. Garlic aioli energy. I didn't even want to go on the date. My best friend was like, go. And she was like, just go for like the free drink. <laughs> no, I have a new rule regarding that. So I, I used to like, when I was single, mum used to, mum has like this issue with being single, not in like a weird way, in just like a, she wants me to be happy. And like whenever I'm single, she's like, and every time my ex and I would break up and I'm, I'd be like crying all day, every day on the floor of the bathroom. She'd be like, just go, just go on a date. And like, why not? Someone's asked you out, like being cute. Mm. And I have a new rule that I just simply don't go. If I don't feel like I'm go- I want to go, no. I just don't go. I Don't push yourself. Do not no. push yourself to go on a date that you don't want to go on. I feel like I've done it too many times and every time the date is so bad and the whole time I'm thinking, how do I get out of here? Because I'm not in the right headspace to go on the date. I agree. Because, you know, happy wanting to go on that date would have just Brooke would have been like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> like laugh yeah, about it or yeah. some shit. And at the time it was like the most traumatizing thing that ever happened to me. Just bringing it up on the podcast how many years later. Oh, she's still talking God. about it. Well, I don't have any, like, to be honest, abs, I don't have any good stories. Like I've had some really hot sex with girls, yeah. which I feel like is way too R-rated for this. Are you kidding, babe? <laughs> Two, a couple weeks ago we spoke about me pooing on someone's dick. Oh, wow. Reindeer poo vibes. Go back and listen to that if you'd like to. I uh, think I actually might because that sounds like a good laugh in an Uber. Yeah, what's it called, Elise? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the one that's, uh, for fuck's sake, I was... For fuck's sake, I was... I was lonely and wanted a kiss. Yeah, that's what the title of the episode is. Um, yeah, I'll go listen to it. Yeah, yeah go yeah. listen to it. But who knows? Who knows? But this year, i got some stories, I reckon, coming. I can feel it. I reckon you've yep. got some travel in you and you've got some stories maybe coming from that travel. And, um, yeah, thanks for having the podcast, babe. I'm so glad we got to meet in person. And now we're going to have, go have dinner and get drunk on chili margaritas. Absolutely. Okay. Love you.